0: Escape from Plan A.
1: As Elle came to understand, one night in late 2014, when she discovered the poison inside herself, she was lying in bed, swiping with her index finger on Tinder. So what I thought I was just doing was paying attention to the guys like I found attractive. But just one thing I started to realize as I was swiping past faces was that it was like almost this like, instantaneous thing where I would see like a black face or like um, someone who looked like Latinx and I would like almost instinctually start to swipe. I was unconsciously like rejecting people because of literally like the color of their skin. I was literally giving white faces a chance that I was not giving black and Latinx faces. Elle was so ashamed she had a hard time typing the words when she texted her friend. Like, holy shit, like, I just realized that I'm doing this. And they were like, I feel like I do the same thing. So Elle and her friend texted their other friends, a group of mostly Asian-American women. That was just kind of like this point where we had this realization, like, well, none of us have had sex with, like, a person of color. Isn't that weird? Even Asian guys, who Elle always thought she'd been
2: attracted to, but for some reason, didn't swipe right that much on and never ended up dating. Welcome back, Escape from Plan A listeners. This is your episode for this week. I'm your host, Oxford Condo, and I'm here with Diana.
1: Hey, everyone.
2: Teen. Hey. Jess. Hey. And a returning guest from our very popular Brooklyn Hammer Homicide episode, Ray. How you doing, Ray? Hey, how's it going? And this was a sp- kind of a special last minute episode. We actually had one recorded ready to go, but on Friday, uh NPR's Invisibilia released an episode that examined, uh, I guess the science or uh behind racial attraction. We just felt that this was a very uh, you know, topic of interest that that we should uh, get in on. But but before we start, uh, Ray, I want you to introduce yourself more to People who perhaps didn't listen to that episode, may not be as familiar with you. Just uh, let our listeners know who you are and what you're all about.
0: Yep. Um, I'm a data scientist uh, living and working in San Francisco. Um, I met a couple of y'all online. We started talking. Super interested in everything Asian America.
2: Uh, Thanks for joining us, Ray. Glad to have you. And just, just to our listeners, remember, if you like us, please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all those platforms. Please leave a review where you can if you like us. Give us five stars. And our website's planamag.com. And if you have any comments or uh, submissions that you want to give to us, go to editor.planamag at gmail.com. Okay, let's jump right into this very uh, complex topic. So, as I said, uh, on Friday, NPR Invisibilia, a very popular podcast, um, released this pod, uh, episode uh, hosted by Yohei Shaw, uh, which really examined just you know, how racial biases and prejudices in attraction works. And remember how we all saw how this episode, you know, was first kind of suggested online and the backlash that happened? uh, I mean, I'm happy to provide the background, but does anybody else want to jump in and just give a little backstory?
3: I mean, I saw it. I saw, uh, yeah, I saw like this concerted effort by like blue check bloggers, like, Mark sang Putterman, et cetera. Or yeah. wannabe blue checks. <laughs> Some of
2: these people aren't actually even blue checks, but yes. we Yeah, we but know that crowd. <laughs> yeah. You
3: know, that crowd that that uh-huh. um, imposes a certain sort of, um, it, you know, it, it enforces a certain, um, so it enforces boundaries, I would say, in terms of like what can and can't be discussed in the, you know, I think what they were saying was that, you know, it sounded like yowe was going to be exploring internalized white supremacy which is a strong word i don't think that's what the podcast was about it was i don't think it was about internalized white supremacy I think it was about internalized white pref- sexual preference but um you know they i think it was this fear that this that 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 it would be you know um a discussion about you know the 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 complicity of asian women in you know everything that they've claimed that they're against so I think that it was very you know, it was just very protectionist about, you know, they didn't they didn't want to um they just don't want to go there. They just don't want yeah. to
1: go. Yeah,
2: and so. the genesis of all this was uh Yoe went on our Asian two X, which is the biggest uh, subreddit for Asian women, and she just solicited for any stories of Asian women who felt that they had, you know, whites only dating preferences and if they had stories they wanted to share. It's not like she went into uh, Asian identity. I was like, ooh, God, come on, guys. Give me, give me all the, you know, juicy hate and gossip. Uh, but even that was too much for these people. And they tried to shut it down. But as I said, I'm very glad this episode came out because it, I mean, yeah. I thought it was an excellent episode. Very well done. Uh, so, you yeah. know, congrats to Yoe. Um, very glad that she persevered because, you know, th- some of those crusades were a little, not a little, quite appalling.
1: Yeah. Can I just say that, like, I, I just saw the mark uh send putterman tweet about it and i was like what the fuck is this you're an asian man with institutional power who is trying to silence this asian woman and you're saying it's feminist but like this is this is exactly the kind of thing that like a quote-unquote asian american patriarchy would be doing like this is the exact behavior
2: yeah exactly and, uh, I mean, a tweet, a teen, you recently, uh, you know, reposted that tweet and oh, I yeah, just, yeah. it was just so funny. Cause he was, he was acting like some like Pope calling the crusades,
3: join, join me, join me, like,
2: me once more into the breach, dear friends. And I, I, I just found that really funny. Cause I, I just saw him like trying to rally people. And you know, like the guy like jumps out of, uh, jumps out of trenches and leads the charge <laughs> and nobody follows him.
0: Uh, that, that's that's what it felt like it's like jerry Maguire. Yeah. if i could if i could jump in here too uh, as as the perpetual heel I, I mean i actually thought that what a lot of he said was really reasonable um when he said why not cover the history of u.s militarism in asia how is field violence and fetishization?" but that's not Asian what women? she wants to cover Wait, wait wait but that's not what she wants to cover but i actually th- wait hold on hold on let me finish let me finish or domestic violence against Asian American women, or the sex trafficking of Asian migrant women, and I actually thought that was some of the brilliance of the episode itself, because she was basically saying, "This is how it's all linked together." Exactly.
2: So I, I was about to say that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I actually thought that um, it was like she was she was clearly learning. She kind of going she was kind of going down the rabbit hole, seeing how all these disparate themes in Asian America are are really related. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to put that out there as well.
3: Yeah, but that I don't think that makes I don't I, I mean I don't think that makes Puttermann's whole thing any better. Right? I mean, this my, my whole point is that this is this is this is trying to enforce artificial boundaries of what it can and can't be said and like you said, a great podcast episode came out of it despite his efforts to suppress it.
2: Yeah, you know, and Ray, so. I I totally agree with you. It, the amazing thing about the episode, it did bring up, you know, imperialism, uh, all that kind of stuff and that's always been our point, it's all linked. So we got to be able to talk about it all but the way these people are always trying to carve out this like space where you just cannot talk about this thing even though it it punches a glaring hole in the in the fabric of of the whole uh, story um is is why it's bullshit but um okay uh for i am sure there are a lot of listeners who probably haven't got around gone around to listening to the episode yet uh you definitely should but in case you're listening to this episode before that i think we should just provide a quick summary That follows the trajectory of that episode. Um, again, I'm happy to do it, but does anybody else want to just start it off?
0: Go for it. All
2: right. I'll take it. So the main subject of this podcast is a young Asian woman named Elle. Uh, it follows her life in which she. Not her real name. No no one, no one one uses name. L is like the alphabetical letter. And I think they either chose it randomly or maybe one of her names starts with an L. I'm not sure. And, uh, it starts off with her just, you know, learning. Just like, you know, as you're growing up, what you're attracted to. And she finds out that she's pretty much exclusively attracted to white men to the point where she feels like she's almost asexual unless it's white guys. And she is, you know, like a self-identified Asian feminist. I think she's like studying some kind of like sociology or or gender studies or anti-racism kind of stuff in college. And one day she just realizes that, wait a minute, uh, all my history of dating is only with white guys and not Asian guys or any other men of color. She finds out that other, a lot of her other f- Asian female friends are exactly the same way. And they all kind of make this pact where they decide to kind of explore their uh, sexual attraction to non-white guys. And that's, that's kind of the, the overall arc of the pod. In, in the middle, you also meet a guy named C, who is an Asian guy who has been, you know, heavily afflicted by It's kind of like this anti-Asian male sentiment that's very popular in America. He says it started off because he overheard his sister telling uh, their mom that she would never date an Asian guy. This is like when he's like in his early teens, like 12 or something. And from there, he internalizes that mindset to the extreme where he says, well, I guess uh, white male supremacy is right. I I see that my own family uh, buys into it. Therefore, um, the only way I can escape from it is to just try to somehow extricate myself from this cursed Asian maleness and thankfully he you know pulls himself back from that brink but we hear from him we hear from various scholars including a I I, I think he's a gay black man he's a professor Um, and he talks about how I think he wants to find other gay black men to be with but we all know like in the gay community there's also a heavy element of just you know idealizing white men especially by uh, men of color there's talk of that And then Elle, in her, in her quest to just decolonize her desires, goes through this phase where she only dates black men, mainly. And then that doesn't really work out because she finds herself still, uh, I guess she, like, intellectually, she wants to be attracted to them, but, uh, physically, it's not there. And then in the end, she, like, kind of, I guess she uh, ends up with some, like, magic, magical Asian guy who's, who is, uh, you know, seems to be a really stand-up guy. She's very attracted to him. And yeah, that's that's kind of the story. Uh, did I miss anything? Please, somebody jump in.
1: Wait, I thought um she it wasn't like she was trying to only date black men. It was just like when she was looking online, like those were the people that she uh was attracted to, and then she um was like worried that she had a black man fetish, so then she decided to um tried dating Asians or something like that. Like, I didn't, I didn't think it was... I, I, maybe I just heard wrong, but I thought it was, like, she was attracted to black men exclusively, like, after white men or something like yeah, that. No, you're right. No, it-
3: there was, like, there was this thing where she was saying, like, she wanted... She was she said there was, like, a no... She had to decolonize her mind by only looking at pictures of, like, hot POC men. And she chose Mor- Morris Chestnut, the, the black actor um in order to like train herself into thinking of black men or non-white men as hot because she couldn't she couldn't see that and then uh i think she was saying like she went on to dates with like a lot of non-white men but mostly black it wasn't exclusively black i think she dated like a half asian guy there was like five black and, guys and one
2: one hopper guy
3: yeah and then uh she couldn't i think she tried to you know initiate you know phys you know tried to initiate sex and and physical intimacy but she was like I'm not feeling it. She just wasn't feeling it. So I just think she wasn't attracted. To, I th- I still think that she's like just primarily attracted to white men. Um uh and I I just don't think and I think the the core of that ep- of that episode which is the is the theme of invisibilia, right, is like how how much of yourself do you actually have control of was whether she has any hope of ever you know it sounded like that i mean there was something weird about the episode but it it really began with like her being sexually imprinted by you know a singular um sexual encounter and that basically that has become the this was the theory of that scientist was that that one particular experience imprinted her you know into you know the face of the guy the race of the guy everything which I'm sure there's some truth in, but what I, I guess what I found interesting in that I, I felt that the that the episode did not explore, or maybe it did, I don't know. But I, I, if it did, I, I didn't think it did. Uh, I mean, it's only one hour long. But why does it imprint race? Uh, speak, of all the things speaking of you know, imprinting so, uh, it, uh
2: podcast yeah. starts off with her being really attracted like i think this is like early on in high school maybe even middle school there's some like breakdancer she really likes and they they try to make out at the bottom of the stairs but she doesn't feel anything for him was that guy white i assumed he was but um but i guess I that, that doesn't part. really make sense yeah. right uh does does anybody they pick up on that do, no do the know the what race, race he was?
4: the race was never mentioned uh, yeah. You can take it from context later on that he probably was white. Um, otherwise, that story kind of has no place in the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think there's an explicit mention of of his race, particularly. I, I thought I I thought the uh, the I thought the podcast was actually uh, great for one reason, and it's that it, despite it calling into play. Social factors, his history, race—it's not a political episode. Um, It's not a particularly sociologically focused one either. Uh, I think it was very focused on a a very specific question, and it's uh, the actual—the mechanics of desire. Uh, How how does a person come to desire um, X set of characteristics in a in a sexual partner? when does it happen, and is it possible to change it? It doesn't even try to address, should they be changed? I think it was very good at leaving the judgment off there it it was led by the intention of this uh this uh i don't know what to call it the main the protagonist of the podcast i don't know what what to call l um <laughs> she was the main focus she decided it was it was her own call she felt given her own uh life experiences her own politics her own situation it was an internal desire to change the pattern of her of her desire and she underwent her own, uh, you know, social experiment to try to to try to answer that question. Um, so I thought it was a it, it was it was good in that it very it was a very uh, limited in focus uh, podcast. It didn't try to talk about, you know, the history of colonization or uh, you know imperialism or any of that. It, although, I mean, all of these feeds into the dynamics going on on the ground here. Uh, but the actual answer, uh, the actual question, trying to uh, t- being explored, was actually very limited, and in a in a way that uh, was very disciplined. And you don't see that kind of uh, li- like boxing in of a topic so cleanly in in discourse about the subject.
2: Yeah, and also uh, like starting from roughly last year, uh, including this, there has been I guess four major treatments of this topic. First was the Natalie Tran a WMAF documentary that was released on YouTube. Then there was Adria Lim's New York Times piece about the alt-rights Asian fetish. And then there was Celeste Ng's article in The Cut talking about harassment. This was uh, the first time the story actually centered on Asian women and their agency. Because before, I mean, Natalie Tran mainly focused on uh, Asian men uh, Audrey Lim focused mainly on like alt right white guys. Celeste Ng, uh, focused, you know, just on Asian men. But this was the first time where it was like, okay, let's, let's focus it on the Asian woman and just see what she's all about. And I found that very refreshing.
3: Yeah. And, and I think that all the boundaries that were put up around this topic was mainly to avoid exactly that, was mainly to avoid exactly anyone's right to examine, you know, the, the decision making and choices, uh, of Asian women. I think to even get come close to that topic is misogynistic in their eyes, right? So I think that this was a good podcast to, to sort of call that into question. Meaning, even if it's an Asian woman doing it, even if it's an Asian woman with a white partner doing it, you still can't do it.
4: Yeah, there's a pro- there's an element of protectionism for uh, around this subject. That, uh, like Diana said, is actually very misogynistic and paternalistic in its application. Um, it's, uh, inher- it's inherently saying uh, women are objects in a male game, right? Which and the only party affiliation, uh, if you want to speak of it in those terms, is uh, which side of man you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be with in terms of how you view these women and their actions within the system Uh, and i think that's a broadly speaking there's definitely analysis to be had there but within that system and i think this is what yoe Shaw and this this podcast was about is exploring the various ways that that female agency can manifest within that system and there's a lot of agency there it's uh, incorrect to say women are completely dupes of a system
3: I agree with that. I'm curious what Ray thinks about that. I think we've we've talked about this this issue before. Um, the the ability to to talk about female agency here, or female decision making. I'd say, what did you think? Did you think that that the amount of trepidation and fear that was thrown up around Yoe doing
0: this pod was in any
3: way justified given the output of it?
0: I, I think it was hard to know where she was going to go with that. I mean, she was basically saying, "Hey." Uh, are there any Asian American women who have predominantly dated white guys, right? And mm-hmm. you could t- you could take that in many different ways, but I actually thought that it was but treated... But coming, coming from an Asian woman who is with a white guy,
3: I- I'm just wondering, like, what... You know, and doing it for NPR, too. I mean, there's a lot of... I'm just saying, like, you couldn't think of a more friendly, you know, uh, safe sort of uh, setup here.
0: Sure. So I mean,
3: I I, I guess you're saying you're saying that there's still trepidation there. Oh,
0: I think anything can be weaponized. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, but I just thought it was handled with such care. I will say I I disagree with Jess's uh, um, position that, you know, it was we we, like the the creators didn't try to, you know, have a normative spin on whether or not, uh, uh, you know, our preferences should honor our politics. I I definitely think they, they did have that spin. Uh, it wasn't just like this woman wants to do, you know. This woman has this mission; she's just gonna go with it. Like I think they framed it. That that was the whole Harry Jum Harry Junior uh, sort of aside. All that history, all that condensed history, right? Um, I, I definitely think that they they had a motive there.
4: Um, so, yeah, I actually agree with your assessment there. Uh, I think what I'm what I'm trying to get at is talking about um, self nor a self normative. Uh, application of political principles there's a way to handle this subject that tells uh, that's um that's very heavy-handed in saying given all of this colonial history or or x kind of history y kind of sociological factors at play this is what you should do this is how this is what your actions should manifest as this is what i should be seeing in how you live your life and this is fr- this is basically a community uh view of a of a woman right this one, I think, was a little different in that it took all that history uh, to give context to Elle's personal realization that she found this a problem. Given her politics, given her history uh, and her, uh, you know, her own personal journey of self-exploration, she did not find this okay. In other words, she did not feel like all of this was conducive to her living Uh, according to her own principles according you know living a fulfilling life according to her own terms so i felt like this was still a process of internal uh uh, a a political process but internal not outside this not necessarily applied from the community onto l but more like an internalization of outside principles uh that l is trying to reproduce in her own life I think there's a subtle difference there, but it 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 does make a big difference in how, uh, in the lens that you use that that Yo-Wei was using to produce this podcast, for example.
0: I mean, I, I certainly think that NPR knows better than to be prescriptive, but I also think they framed it in a way where it was very clearly a structural issue. She called all her girlfriends; there was the same trend, right? And so I think they were they were as prescriptive as they probably could be.
4: That's fair to say too. Uh,
2: speaking of Elle, like, wh- speaking of wh- what did you guys think of her? Uh, Diana, maybe we can start with you, unless you want like a little more time to think about it. But I mean, she is the central figure in this. Like, wh- what are your guys' thoughts of her?
1: I liked her. I didn't think she was. Um, I mean, like, uh, when uh, the part where she was like, oh, and my girlfriends and I, we had this like competition to see who would hook up with the first like man of color. Like, that was like. A grown worthy part, but other than that, it's like I, I get where she's coming from, and I feel like it's pretty like all all else aside, like it's really really cool and refreshing to see somebody who is like realizes that they their personal choices aren't aligned with their uh, principles and their values, and actually fucking examine it and do something about it, you know, like. <clears throat> I think the problem that a lot of people have with these other um, Asian women is like they, you know, like the blue checks or whatever is like they have these like liberal values and they push that agenda forward, except for the one situation where um, they're actually culpable. You know, it's like the hypocrisy. It's like the Oxford condo principle. Like, it's not the inequality. It's it's the hypocrisy that's like the most grading. It's like, why, why is everybody okay with this specific form of exclusion that we can just like say, no, I, I'm not going to examine myself, you know? Like, I mean, I think, and I think that L's point of view is actually more reflective of like, asian women in general because like most of the people that i know who are in like uh wmaf relationships they're kind of there unwittingly you know just like riding the escalator of white supremacy and like i think a lot <laughs> <Good term. laughs> a lot of Asian women. Wait, I want to ask mm-hmm. you about that. Yeah. Sorry, I don't
3: mean to. I I, I don't. I, I want to talk about that with you. Like, why? Wh- where is white supremacy come into play here for her? I mean, she. Uh, you know, I don't think that she was. It didn't. We didn't. We didn't really talk about her suffering racism. We didn't talk about the racism of her white partners. Where does white supremacy come into play in Elle's particular experience at all?
1: Wait, you're asking like, um, like institutional or anyone. Institutional white supremacy—just you know the fact that, like, white people, white men especially, get to be individuals and they have the most representation and they're the most normalized, like, human beings. Like, they just get to be human, and everybody else gets to be like some through
3: their own point. Well, that's okay. So I, I agree. I, I I think I I would totally accept that premise. Yeah. That it's a it's about. Here's how I think of it: is like. Well, I think of it exactly how you said it is that 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 white people are seen as just people, and Asian people or Black people are seen as Asian people or Black people. White people are not seen as white people. There's no ethnic information encoded into that, and so you know, I, I feel like when you're like that, my, this is she didn't say this, but this is my sort of read on it is like she's attracted to individuals. She's attracted to men.
1: Yeah, who but wouldn't be? She's not
3: attracted to. She's not attracted to black men. She's not attracted to Asian men, right. I mean you know what I mean like I because they're part of a group whereas I'm into individuals. I'm into unique, you know whatever. And to me, that is basically it's not really to me that it, I mean we could say white supremacy. we could say that, but it's not telling me exactly what's going on because it's such a broad term. but I think right. that when I was listening to her talk, I basically was like, you're a white girl. You think like a white girl. (laughs) I think that's how white girls think. Uh, You know, I don't think it's so much just an issue of like, you know, I'm an Asian girl in a white man's world and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to please the white man or whatever. Right. I think she's really just internalized the way white people see people. That's That's the lens. Those are the eyes and the ideology through which she interprets the world. And everything that she did after that to question that, to say oh i'm going to i'm going to challenge this i'm going to start going on an e-pray love you know uh swipe right fest on black men <laughs> is equally white yeah and then at the end of the you know at the end of it she ends up with uh we'll do spoilers but she ends up she has a chinese american boyfriend and she says you know i'm almost feeling that spark again with him so it's like well black may be going a little too far but these asian <laughs> guys are kind of a halfway you know doable thing in between you know the white guys that I norm I naturally sort of see as you know free, uh, unique individuals, and then these black guys that I just I can't I can't do it. Well, no, you know? she was worried like,
0: about fetish. She was
3: no, she could say she's worried about fetish, but I'm saying I, I, I sorry, I, I guess I'm very like behavioral when I, I I look at what people do. I don't care about what they say because clearly people can delude themselves. I mean, she she was saying for the longest time that she had no racist preferences or whatever until she looked at her behavior. Yeah. Right. So I still think that you have to examine someone's behavior and not just what they say. And I'm like, at the end of the day, this was a, you know, and Yowei at the whole time was very self conscious about how terrible this looked. And I'm like, yeah, because it looks terrible. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I think that what she did was awful. Yeah, but <laughs> well, I mean, so. still, she is running, she's running. She's
4: running a, a an experiment using actual people like a like yeah uh i think it takes a certain whiteness of being to be able to see people like that uh
3: yeah uh it's ridiculous
4: so <laughs> and that exact flip-flopping to go from you know white all the way to black and then kind of triangulating a more subtle position in the middle there uh this this implies like a total and utter lack of social context around race Which I don't. I, I, it's it's hard for me to get into that.
0: What what do you mean by that?
4: Uh, I mean that there is there doesn't seem to be very nuanced ecosystem of race in her head, or in her lived experience. To say you know she as an Asian woman, she still sees uh, the system of race as something that she's a little outside of. She picked up a it's it's like she was an outsider picked up a textbook and it does say you know she's quite young. She's. uh, maybe a few years out of college. And so she was studying, you know, she was studying this, all of this in college. Uh, I was like structural racism, so on and so forth. It's like she picked up a textbook on race relations. Um, and tried to use that as her guidebook for her dating life.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's so when I think people could react strongly to the idea that she's a Becky, that she's just a, like a white girl. Um, but I think if we were to disaggregate that argument down, it, it would be the idea that white supremacy and the costs of white supremacy, such as on people like C, who's like so hurt, he's imbib- imbibing white supremacist ideology, right? Like, or, or other men of color in their lives, that the real li- lived experience of, of men of, of color, um, instead of having access to that, she kind of has this ab- access to just an abstraction, where she's like, "Oh my God, am I a racist?" And that felt very white. Like it, it felt disconnected. And so, yeah, the fear was that she was a
4: racist. She just saw right, her right. like Tinder history and was like, "Oh my God, I might be a racist." Um,
3: but well, see, that's the thing. At the end of the day, I don't think she's racist. I think she's like ra- she's white. Yeah. So you see what I'm saying? I don't think she's like an active racist. I think that she just has a white f- point of view. She thinks of the world through as the same way a white girl would. And the only difference is that she's Asian and she can't, I don't think she's yet wrapped her mind around that. Maybe she's coming around to it, but like, and maybe time with her boyfriend, she'll start to kind of change. And I think all people tend to view the people who they, you know, mostly associate with as individuals. So if, and usually that's fairly racially segregated. So if you're hanging around mostly with Asian people, I think you kind of take the, perspective that asian people are more are individuals and white people are white people and black people are black people. Well,
1: I think it's because if if she thinks if she is coming across as white, I think it's because she sees herself as an individual because she is, but like that's the only way she knows how to be an individual person.
3: You mean she doesn't see herself as raced? Yeah. I mean, I thought she was quite aware of that. I mean, she was like going on Reddit and shit, like reading up, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that was very much part of her was was grappling with why do I why do I behave like a white girl uh, when I'm Asian? You know, I feel like I don't know if she framed it that way, but that's how I interpreted. Well,
1: her behavior her is was like, was like her behavior mm-hmm. is like I'm an individual. Living in this system that is white supremacist and racist, but she—I don't think she sees herself as like an Asian person because, like, for her, for most people that grow up here, like, Asianness is like a category, you know. Like, there's no individuals in Asianness.
3: For me, it's a little different. I—I feel that I can more easily see the individuality of Asian people and and white white people especially white dudes are just white dudes to me and it takes some time for me to see through that i think what diana is saying is if you're
2: an asian american uh you there is uh, asians can only be certain things and if you yourself don't fit in that you are not asian you may look asian it may just be a cosmetic thing it may be something in your bio. you may fit like, in with other the- asians
3: but there was no evidence that no but there was no evidence sorry i just want to get this clear because i think this is the core of the pod <laughs> what was her ethnic identity, but I don't think there was any part in there where she—I mean, she had Asian girlfriends. She was on Asian Reddit talking about race and dating. She read, you know, she agreed to do this pod. I think she's highly Asian identified, and none of this. No, but that's that's no, but that's that's my that's
2: my point. Like, because she was also like uh, like a proud Asian. Remember, she identified specifically, right? And like the stuff she studied, yet to then not even notice that you don't actually want to, you know, date and see yourself uh being with another asian um to to be able to so neatly compare uh separate those two i think is perhaps what diana's trying to say
1: yeah she says she's asian she thinks she's asian but behaviorally and at the core she thinks of herself as an individual and that comes across as white because only white people get to do that
2: or put it another way she 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 comes off like a, a like a white person who's really into asian studies for instance that's how I would put it
3: yeah no but I want to I want to clarify I know you're not saying this Diana but I want to clarify that like no I I disagree. I think Asian people d- definitely think of themselves as individuals and behave like individuals but do and they think of other as Asians
1: as individuals do they think of Asianness Depends. as individuals
3: Dep- well obviously I think she didn't at least when it came to the I mean I think she thought of Asian women that way but I think when it came to this specific thing for some reason she couldn't and that's what I'm saying is like I, I don't think that this is as much about, you know, uh, white supremacy and the oppre- – I didn't sense a lot of oppression going on here, right? I sensed a lot of just fucking confusion and I think that at the end of the day, she was able – I mean I do – I think she's exceptional uh, in, in terms of being able to pick up on that because I think she she was highly attuned to being an individual as an Asian – Except why was this one thing clearly falling the other way? Like when it came to matters of sexual desire specifically, why did she only, you know, it wasn't that she was like pro-white. It was that she basically was like anti-everything else uh, is kind of how I saw it.
0: So I think we're probably veering a little bit close to sort of like authenticity purity tests, which we all fail as, as Asian diaspora, by the way. Um, Authenticity what? Purity tests. But I, I do think it is a good question how, to ask. Wait,
3: how, how so? How, how are we veering towards that?
0: Oh, you know, so like is like markers of, of whiteness, right? Like we all have markers of whiteness living as yellow people in the diaspora. But I also think that like it does beg the question of like, what is the difference between being a white person and a yellow person in an all white world? And per- perhaps the tenuousness of being a yellow person in an all white world.
1: Right. It's like, my point is, you say she's acting like a white, white woman, like this is how a white woman would do things. But it's like, on the flip side, like, what is your vision of how an Asian woman would do this or
3: should do this? My vision? I have no idea. (laughs) I have have no idea. I'm just saying that this appeared to me to be very white. Like she's still she's she's like a white woman dealing with her own sort of like racial prejudice, racialized preferences and finding a problem with it. See, now I think if she was, if her preferences were Asian first, and then it was like, okay, I'll date Asian as a initial thing. And then maybe I'll date like white as a second thing. And then probably I won't date Latino or black. Let's be honest. That's, that's the default for most Asian American women or I, in my, in my experience is that, that they, they do have a racialized hierarchy like all other people in society, but for them it's like Asians and then white and then and then everything else and I know that's controversial, but let's if anyone objects to that, to let me know, but that is by far the most common um attitude that I've seen, and I think for her, it was just different. It was like white white first, and then like everything else later and uh so I think that's if she white supremacy
1: were a- that's what I meant by white supremacy.
3: Yeah, but my point is that she she ended up questioning it because she I, – I feel like it was, the, it was very similar in the sense of like a white woman with liberal politics looking at her preferences and going like, well, it's kind of like the John Mayer thing. He's like, look, I'm like a – you know, I'm open-minded up here, but my dick is a member of the KKK. And I feel like it was a lot of guilt around that, uh, that it was like – she both had sort of like white liberal politics about – You know, post-racial colorblindness. And then she had sexual desire that was highly racially, you know, uh, motivated. And she was just trying to, she was just trying to compare the two. But I don't think it was done necessarily as, uh, this was not the typical behavior, I think, of an Asian American person. I think this was someone that saw the world the same way like a white person would. With these, pre- and I think the sexual desire thing goes into it. It's like, you know, it, I think that does affect how you perceive people generally, even if, even if you're not dating them. And I do think ultimately, you know, it was about, I can see why, I can see, I see you when I see white people. I see you, but everyone else, I, they're just sort of like their ethnicity.
2: Okay. If, um, if people want to add on, I do want to, talk about c but uh, does anybody uh i I don't want to cut off anyone who wants to respond to that does does anybody have anything they want to add well i
1: feel like if you're saying like the asian woman would have prioritized like asian men in her um preference or whatever like or sorry in her like person of color preference, isn't that just kind of saying like she would have prioritized Asian identity, but like for her, that's the problem to begin with is that she isn't in her behavior. So like it, I'm saying if she were the type of woman who would have done that, she would have done that already and she wouldn't even need to do the experiment.
3: My my larger point. I mean, I think that that this, this podcast is so incomplete. It's, it's so narrow in focus But I guess what I really want to say is that I think a lot of Asian Americans, both men and women, uh, are, were fundamentally white adjacent. I think we're fundamentally like white people. I think there's a, there's certain places, and I think that she was this type of person, just based on how she spoke and how she, you know, her experiences, is that she was not the type of Asian American that was excluded from whiteness. I think she was the type of Asian American that was welcomed, you know, with open arms into whiteness. And I think a a lot of, Sort of elite upper class Asian, she, she kind of had that i don't know what her background is, but I got the feeling like she was a white adjacent Asian who found a lot of acceptance in white circles and is pretty much on their way to becoming like a white person uh, is how i Well, one dimension felt
4: of of her. how this plays out um, the thing that caught my attention it's not necessarily that she may think like a white person. Uh, But that she sees herself as somewhat outside of the racial, uh, the entire system of race, which is emblematic of some kinds, some some white people. Just seeing yourselves as just outside of it. Exactly. That's a very
3: white liberal thing. Yeah. I'm outside of the context of it all. Um, Exactly. To go
4: from. I'm an individual. Yeah. To go from. Uh, a white preference i mean it it just it was so calculated really and this is it's so academic that it feels it just the only way that i could really make sense of it is to just uh understand her as a person who viewed herself as um as outside this uh, little this outside the social context of the experiment she's running so she's the researcher the kind of all-powerful a uh, benevolent <laughs> researcher examining this. She's using herself as a subject, but you know, she's she herself is not a per- it not part of the system. That's why she can go from white to black uh, to whatever, and then kind of and then kind of just triangulate back to Asian.
3: Let's look. I, we I know we want to seg. We want to seg. We want to segue to see here. We, I mean, we should talk about white supremacy and stuff. I think for L, ultimately, I guess what I really want to say about her is. I think people will frame it as, well, you know, she had a certain kind of politics. She was, like, liberal. She was, like, woke. But then her sexual desire just wasn't in, you know, in agreement with that. And the question is why. I disagree with that whole premise. I think her politics are probably bullshit. I think that she's probably a typical white lib. And she thinks she's woke. She thinks she's, you know, just like white. A lot of white women think they know. But at the end of the day you know like you look at their behavior like do they do they really see the world that way or do they want to see the world that way do they want Wait, when you say when you say her politics are bullshit are you saying that she's betraying her politics or that she's actually following her politics
2: in her she's behavior she's actually following, following all- her
3: real politics which is white liberal you know a sort of like really sort of like diet white liberalism that doesn't want to challenge power structures that doesn't really have a problem with the status quo but does have an image to maintain that's pretty much her politics. Is my I mean, we didn't really get into it, but some you know in these this day and age, you can just kind of tell what someone's politics is. She's not an angry person, like you know, she really cares about. No, She seems very happy through. Yeah, she seems season. happy. I'm like, yo, you if you <laughs> have the type of politics that you think, you know, is like challenging white supremacy, you don't sound like you're challenging anything. Yeah, I, know? I like.
0: I think that there's a, a great question of like why there wasn't an actual man of color like C being like, hey what you're doing is actually really painful, right? Uh, that she needed essentially like this realization, this, it, you're right, this like white liberal guilt uh, of the optics of her dating to really uh, be a lever of change in her life. And, you know, and, and I do want to segue to C, but like, I, I, you know, towards the end where she finds this Asian man, who has like traditionally masculine characteristics, right? He has quote unquote huge arms. I, you know, my yeah, he's got those pythons. Yeah. My, my my question was like, is that really decolonizing your your preferences? No, does that do does so. that do justice to see? Maybe probably not, right? Like, I, I feel like so there is a trend toward like, oh, okay, I will I'll be open to to Asian guys uh, if uh, if they inhabit X Y Z. Right. It's the sort of exception politics. They they are an exception to their race. Right. If they're interested in like, you know, whatever, like theory or if they're interested in art.
4: This opens the door to one actually. This actually opens the door to a much deeper question than that. And this is the one that that's kind of in the back of my head and reading all these think pieces um. Maybe the concept of relationships is under question here. The very nature of what it means. Like, okay, a man and a woman partner, yeah, I agree. two people partner up. It's by definition. So show socially, politically, um, it's unquestioned. This is an exclusive relationship. This is kind of a contract made between two people to exclude all others on the planet. Right? What does it mean to have an inclusive, exclusive relationship?
3: Yeah, for a temporary amount of time. I mean, they've only yeah. been together two months. Yeah, but
4: I'm saying, like, yeah. the concept of this partnership is by definition <laughs> exclusive, right? Uh, so, given that framework, uh, what is the? Re- I mean, I think this is this might be the fundamental conflict here. Uh, what do we owe uh, some other person, this other person that we are in a relationship with, and also to all the me- all the other people in this social unit that we are a part of?
3: Well. I, I think that that's a valid question, but I think that that is so beyond what the podcast is trying to um, address, and I think that in in a way it's in in a way I think it's overstating the importance of these relationships. Like, okay, so she dates she dates an Asian guy that she really likes for two months now, and she apparently you know is able to find some amount of some level of sexual desire that's acceptably high to her for her for him. And I'm like, so what? Who cares? You know, this guy. At the end of the day, didn't he end with like, oh, yeah, racial preference doesn't make you race? I'm like, okay, so, so you two basically have the same politics. I mean, what, what's the difference? So you're, it's like, uh, it's like Elaine and that guy, you know, in Seinfeld's like, oh, at the end of the day, we're just two white people dating each other. Like, I don't know. I guess to me, uh, I didn't, you know, the, the specific phenotype type race of the man that she ends up with to me is not nearly as interesting as what that man's, well, I'll tell you for real. She probably won't end up with a guy that had an experience like C. What
4: what I, what I'm saying with that question though is that by not answering it, we've come back to we've come back to something a little troubling about pieces like this, uh, which is that her like sexual slash romantic access to her person is kind of a political act, um, a, a gift that's just bestowed upon various people according to according to social trends or or the political
3: uh mood from whose perspective i don't see it that way
4: i don't i don't see it that way either i think I, it's I think, too easy to collapse that I, down. I think it's
3: more i think it's more i think it's instead of it's not so much like you know it's not so much like oh do i you know do i have a chance with l I, you know i don't think people care about that i think it's like why do you hold yourself out as a woke you know fighting for justice you know, POC woman, woman of color, but then you behave exactly like a white girl. I think that's. Well, the, I'm saying she's overstating it too. Are. The
4: podcast overstates the value of this too.
3: But or I'm saying em- she yeah, finally she it. she finally
4: banged you know she fi- she banged men of color. She finally ended up banging an Asian guy. Oh yeah, yeah, like, totally. It, and it's look, like that, I mean, yay! Have shit, we- <laughs> like,
3: white women deal with all the time? Can I? It's eat, pray love. Can I go and you know find Javier Bardem sexy or whatever? Oh, who cares?
1: But isn't you know, doesn't like, the intent important? Isn't the intent of her saying like, oh shit, I am a hypocrite. I should like examine myself. Isn't that what pe- we want people to do?
3: I, I, it is. But I guess what I'm saying is that her form of hypocrisy, She she's saying, oh, I'm betraying my politics. My point is that her politics really aren't that woke. They're pretty white to begin with. So yes, she's even betray. she's behaving in a way that's betraying very straight, nor- like very straight woman of color, uh, sorry, very straight white woman liberal politics. What would have been a better a politics
0: point? for you, Teen? Like, can you descriptively, qualitatively describe it?
3: I, I'm not saying what's better. I'm just saying that she thinks that she is a woke woman of color fighting for what's right. And I'm like, at the end of the day, you're a basic Becky. So yeah, there is better politics. I think that she, if she had a more woman-of-color-centric politics, then yeah. But I think fundamentally, the way she's gone about... The, the way they discuss this whole thing, I'm like, you are you have white liberal politics. You have white liberal post-racial politics. I, I mean, there's nothing interesting about it. It's
4: also kind of commodifying sexuality, uh, her sexuality, in a sense. I mean, it, it, if you'd sum that up, at the end of the day, uh, she is now woke because she has had sex with men of
3: color now and found some amount of pleasure she's, in the act um it's ridiculous so I that's mean, where it, the disconnect as, as it sounded me. and it's as bad as they worried it would sound it's as bad as they that as they worried it would sound how is she any different than a white guy that says i can't be racist my my girlfriend is asian how is it any different
0: it's not the be-all, end-all. She just saw that as inconsistent with who she was, a trend that, that sort of emerged that was inconsistent with her politics.
3: Okay, so if like a white guy... No, but if a white guy is like, yeah, I date women of all color, I sleep with women of all color, does that make it consistent with his liberal politics? No. I mean, it I, it certainly doesn't work for, for a guy. First of all, I'll when, when, when it's
0: a white guy, it's it's completely different. The power dynamics are different. But I also think that the, what's problematic no, actually, about that no, statement, if a white way not, I were to make it...
3: I actually... I we need
4: to stop this bullshit where white is kind of granted perpetual omnipotence. Like they exist on the same axis of power that everyone else does. They occupy a different position. It's much. It's on average
3: much but, higher. But wait, sorry, who's granting them? Um, I think, who's granting I think them it's omnipotence. people of
4: color doing this. I don't grant. I I don't grant whiteness or white supremacy the unlimited power. That it's granted in poc discourse
3: no but how is that relevant to this discussion
4: i'm sa- i'm saying no like i'm saying teen your analogy between what she's doing and say a white guy saying uh, you know banging banging his way across the rainbow uh and falling back on his quote liberal i think that absolutely holds up in this case i don't think the dynamics are fundamentally different the application of it might be the potential for damage is might be different, but it's not a fundamentally different thing. When it's say a woman yeah, I don't of color think so versus either. a white I think guy here,
3: basically the same thing. They're both equally ridiculous to me. You know, and white guy saying that and saying like that proves that I'm not racist is equally is is on the same level at least. I know there's some nuances of difference in things. Sex there's a, there's a certain asymmetry in sex. There's a certain imbalance and racial uh, power. Okay, fine. But fundamentally speaking, I don't think that L is coming from an extremely disempowered point of view here. I think she's saying like, look, I tasted the rainbow. I can't I'm not racist anymore. And at the end of the day, she just ends up with someone of the same race, right? So I'm like, what? what is your politics here? She's absolutely not speaking from a position of
4: disempowerment, because for one thing right. she I assumes she access to anything. She, no, she is like, this might be actually, like I do want to say this. It's like, the what's the one thing that's in common in this experiment? She assumes that she has ready access to anyone. Any color. Any kind of man. It's, it's a matter of political will on her part. It's a matter of her holding back, right? This is actually a very privileged viewpoint to take as it relates to other people.
2: Yeah. And that actually relates to the question I want to ask, because I mean, one thing that bothered me when she talked about getting with black men, A, it's a very white girl thing to do. B, it's also like, you know, in the black community, there is a problem where, you know, black men are kind of treating black women the the same way Asian women are treating Asian men. So it's like, oh, you're just going to go in there and just kind of like, you know, quote unquote, take their men. That uh, You know, that's just seemed pretty inconsiderate. But OK, let's I'll pose this question. Would it be any different? Uh, If it were, say, like an Asian guy or let's say like a black woman or like a dark skinned woman doing the same thing. Like fucking their way to liberalism.
4: I think she would have a it's it seems like uh, she'd have a little more difficulty in carrying out the experiment along those terms on the same terms.
0: I think it'd be completely different because black women are uh, lower on the, the racial totem pole. Like, she was very self-conscious to the fact that she was at the top of the racial totem pole. And that's what gives her power in, 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 in this frame. I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of echoing what Jess said, too, was that she had access.
3: And so I think exactly. she had the same privileges as a white woman in this experiment. A black woman would not, you know, they, a black woman faces the same kind, exactly those two that you picked, Asian men and black women. are The, the problem is specifically they can't do what she did right so if the story was okay we're going to see a black woman doing this or or asian man doing this it, you know i think the story would be like go 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 you know yeah like, exactly yeah, But my exactly. No. But, but my question is is that a right response i think people would kind of
2: naturally do that but is that is that a proper
3: response no i don't think it's a right response at all but i think that's how the response would be i yeah. wouldn't agree with see, that no
4: response. i i don't i disagree with the i'm just saying that Uh, perpetually framing uh, because the subject is an Asian woman, you know, a a person of color, historically disadvantaged, etc. It obscures asymmetries in the actual amount of power being wielded in specific instances here. I think Elle in this case was demonstrating quite a lot of power. Uh, Okay, look, like fucking woke for her is a choice. And that's, it's This is what elevates her to full personhood. She can make that choice to act on her politics and have the world, you know, fall into place behind that. That option is not equally available to all other people.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. It wasn't like, like, I want to do this to resist for my own survival. It's like, I want to do this so I could be a good person. I, I agree that that is super white. That is super white.
4: It's not exclusive to white. I and, I mean, the goal ultimately is, is so all of us uh, can, you know, have that kind of flex, right? To be able to express our full personhood, our full individual individuality in these situations. So that's not really, that's not to, you know, break, you know, take her down a notch. It's just acknowledging the factors in her life that enabled her to live this fully as it pertains to this aspect of her life.
2: Yeah, because if we compare it to C, how does C deal with this? He becomes a fucking white supremacist. He doesn't go Exactly. He doesn't exactly. go on Tinder, like, all right, uh, you know, like I don't know, he's like, Asian bitches don't want me, I'll just get with everyone else. That option's not available for him. He just descends into just complete darkness. And maybe this is a good way to talk more about C, because we were all fascinated by him. He kind of played like the Eurasian tiger role that he uh that you know E.T. played in the Nat
3: Tran documentary. So let's talk about C. Shout out to C, whoever that was, I thought he was articulate, I thought he was brave to say what he said, because those were very painful things to talk about. Yeah, for real. So, huge shout out to C. I, I really was, I really learned something from what he said.
1: I thought he was
4: going to come back. I think
3: the part, I hope he, you know, I hope yo does something with him at some point in the future, or or... Refers him to us or something. We'd love to talk to him. I'm sure.
2: Actually, actually uh, just let me just say that for listeners, if you really like the NPR episode, go like you know, like it on Twitter and stuff. I think if NPR sees that this episode gets a lot of positive feedback, they will do that follow up. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, Jean, go ahead. Yeah.
3: Well, I I, I, I think that. Um, well, just to summarize what C said was that you know he had heard over. He said it was. You know, it's really interesting how life can be. Um, can be more to specific events and not. You know, we talk about structural problems, but often. They 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 take the form of a, a specific event, and, he's, and he talks about how he overheard his sister telling uh, her mother, their mother, that she just found Asian men to be kind of gross, and she totally doesn't want to date. I think it was something about a prom date or something. And um, he said it started from there, and that, you know, once you let white supremacy into the house, it's like a vampire. It's like, god damn, my own family believes this stuff. I think... That there, I've, you know, I've, I've heard and I've heard about this stuff in other contexts, and I feel that's when it really gets to you is when it comes into your house. And he said he started, he talked about how he almost destroyed, he's worried that he actually destroyed his, uh, the cartilage in his nose because he would put a binder clip to sort of like re, I don't know what exactly he was trying to do, but I guess he was trying to fix the, sort of like narrow, the, the sort of like missing bridge of the Asian yeah, face. Yeah, I've,
2: I've unfortunately heard that happening a lot. I mean, sometimes it's not a binder clip. Sometimes like moms or dads, they like pinch or massage the the very top of their nose. Like, I think for non-Asians, or especially for white people, like, what the fuck are you talking about? But it is unfortunately something that's quite common.
1: Yeah, like, okay, was it, was it Yeoway that said that she would like take her nail and put it in her eyelid to make it. Yeah, she said that. It. Oh my god.
3: Yeah, yeah. For the for the double eye lift the double eyelid yeah. thing. Yeah, just don't like. And C, this is this is awful. C
1: was like, oh, that's so gross. Even though he was the one that was doing the cartilage <laughs> with his nose,
3: basically like
2: breaking his nose on purpose. Yeah. Oh it my. just
3: that the, the, those both those details really made me sad. You know, it just really made me sad, and I think I liked
4: that know. exchange. And just like like he's describing something so fucked up, and she's and she's like, oh shit, I ha- you know, me too. And he's like, oh fuck, what? Like we we all have the ability to see just how effed up this is when someone else is doing it. It's just so hard when uh, yeah. Yeah, and see, I think look,
3: I, I think I I, I think Yo-Ai, you know, clearly was. I think she hinted. Yeah, you're right. I, I, at that moment, I felt. You know, the reason that this pod, you know, is good is because Yohe went through something like that, you know, and I think whatever it was, I don't know what it was, but it involved her hating her eyes, you know, and C goes through this whole thing where he's like, look, the only ideology that makes sense is white supremacy, because that's the only thing that can explain, that can make sense of what is happening in my house, you know? Well,
0: it it wasn't just it wasn't just the I think, but she says she's implicated into this larger problem of, you know, racialized preference.
3: Yo way. Yeah. You, know, you threw her white partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: totally. Uh, and yeah, I, I
3: guess so. Yeah, and I think that was yeah. the
0: power, you know, and, and I know that you guys kind of try mm-hmm. to frame it like even and you know, uh, an Asian woman with a white man can't even talk about this. But I actually think that that's huge in terms of building trust. And which is the the key missing piece, I think, in Asian American discourse is trust.
3: Oh, that's why I said even. I I feel like that should be a positive towards building trust. Yeah, that, and I I've been know.
2: scouring just the big Asian subs just to see their reaction. I'm very heartened to see that both like Asian identity and the Asian American subreddit. They, overall, it's it's quite positive. And and even like Asian identity. I mean, a few people obviously are going to always harp on on her like personal relationship, but most people I don't think care. They they just they like that this topic has been opened up for discussion
3: yeah i my 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 you know experience online has always been more about c i've always much been much more concerned about what's happening with c and the ways in which you know the things that his sister says etc or other people will say about you know their no asian policy especially coming from asian women how that affects them and look how it affects because the effects are so much deeper i think for me that, you know, it completely screws up your entire ideology and, and worldview. Whereas I think Elle is pretty much well-situated. I mean, yeah, maybe she's kind of a white girl. Maybe she's just kind of a basic Becky, but she's happy. She can date the rainbow. She can date a white guy. Being a she, basic you know, maybe Becky is,
2: isn't a bad place to be. In it's the big not a bad place
3: things. to be. I don't really have sympathy for Elle in the sense of, like, I'm not really worried about her and her, whether she's maybe a little bit racist You know, when it boils down to it, I keep thinking of this John. I I don't know if if you guys remember that famous John Mayer interview. Oh, yeah, I do. Where the interviewer asks him, Do black women throw themselves at you? Because he's starting to, you know, and he's like, I don't think I'm open myself to it. My dick is sort of like a white supremacist. I've got a Benetton Hart and a David Duke Cock. I'm going to start dating separately from my dick. That is essentially what this podcast was and what Elle's quote journey was, was the John Mayer. I'm going to start dating separately from my dick. I don't really care about that, to be honest. I just don't care about it. I, I mean, I love the podcast just because, to me, it exposed the ridiculousness of this. You know, um, anyway.
4: Yeah, I mean, I've had that conversation with white friends um, over the last... It, it's pretty recent. These are old friends, but this is this has only started happening in the last few years. Um, where uh, these are white people. Uh, they generally prefer to date white um with a number of exceptions but you know in general and the conversation is am i you know is this a problem blah 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 you know they're 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 thinking about this and it's too easy to fall as a white person being you know inculcated in this language of white privilege and supremacy uh to see your own like vagina or white dick as some gift you need to be (laughs) like spreading around
2: yeah, I mean, it does get cringy when a lot of the supposedly socially progressive—you see this all, a lot on you know, these kind of like publications like BuzzFeed and, and shit like that, where it's all all these kind of white aspiring people of color, and a lot of these articles about dating just pretty much come down to why why won't you white people please pay attention to me, like me? It does get a bit sickening.
4: Yeah, and it's a legitimate it's a legitimate conversation, and I'm glad that you know my friends are thinking it through. Um, but you know, (laughs) so I don't know how to talk them through that specific position. It's just to reassure them that like, no, like people, it's not a re like what you, what you're packing is not necessarily a, uh, like a resource that the rest of the community needs. Right. It's not like, it's not like we're not talking about oil drilling in Norway or something, right? Like, should we open up this, this pocket of white people for access? Like, it's not, it's not about that um like this is a this is this absolutely has to come down to individual self uh self you know examination why you are doing the things that you are doing that process is never bad anything that is a call for a little more introspection can't be a bad thing it's really hard to be like prescriptive as a result of that Mm -hmm. i just want to say um
2: uh, if, in case people don't know, like, what exactly does prescriptive mean? I think I kind of know, but it's like, uh, yeah. Let, let let's leave a simpler. What, what do you guys exactly mean by prescriptive?
4: I mean, in this case, like, like taking the trajectory of like, uh, um, this topic of WMAF, right? We have two sides. One is pretty ambiguously Asian women need to stop doing, stop dating white. Right. This is unambiguously a bad thing for uh the community and you as individuals. Right. And on the other side of that argument, it's, you know, step the fuck off. Right. You can't pre- you can't make it, pres- you know, both sides taken to an extreme are are meaningless. It's absolutely pointless. The other side is, you know, I'm free to stub my toe if I want. Don't tell me not to. Right.
3: <laughs> I don't you know, honestly, look, sorry, I don't think I honestly and I have followed this conversation really closely. Let's be clear here. I don't think that that's what Asian guys are saying at well, all. That's I bullshit. Don't think- That's fucking bullshit. No. No, it's not. Because I think what it is, is that, one, it's like, do, I think one of it is, do we consider Asian women who only date white to be Asian, like, part of the community? I think that's part of the conversation. I'm not saying that's a great conversation to have, but I think that's the conversation. And the other part, I think, is stop throwing Asian guys under the bus. I rarely see people saying we need to enforce rules where Asian women are not allowed to date white. I don't see. No, that. it's
4: about it's and about community the, the, gatekeeping. The, you are correct about that, but it's and ambi- it's yeah,
3: and I think that's perfectly ga- acceptable on their terms.
4: Sure, on their terms, it's saying, but it's saying Asian equates to male identity in that case, doesn't it? It's saying if you as an Asian woman it's are say, fucking well, white, it, you have left the community.
3: I think what they're saying is, as Asian guys, we don't we we really don't have a lot in common. I mean, I'm not saying that they're framing it right, but I'm saying what what I am saying is that fundamentally, I have not seen to the extent that it, I have seen it. It's always been that's always been extremely marginalized and suppressed for good reason. No one has ever gone and said what we need to do is enforce rules and controls over who Asian women can date. I honestly, even in like the worst discussions. No one says that. One, because there's, they have no power to do that. They know it's impossible. And two, I don't think that that's what's really the problem. So I, I, I don't know. I just don't see that as being the fundamental. But I feel like I, saying, That's not the prescriptive I mean, it's norm.
4: Saying ultimately that, it's a debate like Asian, over what counts as Asian. Using yeah. external markers to triangulate yeah, yes. a community signal. When it comes to when yes, it comes but to I'm
3: th- saying that there is there, there 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 is no Handmaid's Tale here no, with d- Asian guys. I agree going with like, that. You know, it's never saying have to do is keep them locked up and they can't date white and they can't talk to white guys. No, it's like I think that it's perfectly reasonable for them to say that there's a certain kind of identity of Asian woman who dates only white guys, and we need to stop thinking of them as Asian women in the community. You can't say and that. And I think that actually, would there
1: be a black woman hmm? that says a black man who dates a white woman is not black?
3: Yes, you've seen that. Of course. Of course. They say
1: she's not, they say he's not black. He's not black for dating a yeah. white woman.
3: Yeah. Watch. Yeah. I mean, look, I know this sounds stupid. Go, go watch People versus OJ. This, the, 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 the amount of understanding of this dynamic and how interracial intimacy affects your relationship with that community is like a big topic. It's a legit topic. And Okay, uh, it's, here, it's okay, difficult. Uh, right, it's not a
2: comfortable one, but. Okay. Here's my take on it.
3: It's not yeah. about
2: uh, excluding people from like one uh, Asian American community, but it's about, okay. Like if you are, if you, if there's a community that is largely represented by like WMAF, like Asian men like fundamentally have no place there. We are essentially saying that, you know, white men kind of slide in and they can be more or less uh be as like as good an Asian as an American uh Asian American man. And okay, then if that is the case, then there's simply no place for us there. And I think the way that society treats Asian Americans, okay, we you've got a small space and there's only space for that like one Asian American community. And right now, a lot of it is being fronted by uh like Asian women with white men. And then I think a lot of Asian American guys are legitimately saying, okay, there's really no place for us there then. Uh let's try to make something new. But then that gets uh, beat down as saying no you have to you know pledge allegiance to this thing where actually they're, they're like your your place is kind of up for grabs so I, that's my take on it I don't think there should just be like this one monolith of a, of a culture and then whoever gets in is defined by who their partner is but uh, you know I, I think we should look at the reality that if like certain social configurations leave out certain demographics in the case of WMAF uh, Asian men are kind of excluded and we see this in the black community where yeah we do see a lot of uh, black women who say, you know, black men with uh, white women or non-black uh, with, uh, non-black women are, are a bit suspect.
1: Well, they say suspect, but nobody's like, they're not black. They're no longer black. Like, that that would be ridiculous.
3: If you... No, well, it is ridiculous in the sense that, yes, they're phenotypically black. Well, what I'm saying is, if you look at... If you... I think this is about could, could someone like C reconcile or should reconcile with someone like L. And I think that for C... The amount of suffering and the, 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 the amount of like just personal chaos that that kind of internalized, you know, uh, um, that kind of internalized, you know, love of white men brought into his life. I think he's right to say, look, when I see someone like L, I I need to stay away because it's a toxic thing for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think we should center his and narrative And the more, more I
3: learn about L, the more I'm like, I get why. I get why you think that way. You know, because she, I think it's tricky liberal white politics that they're engaging in. It's like, you could trust me. I'm woke. I'm not racist. I'm like, whatever. But in behavior and in, you know, in, in, in what they do, it's, you know, it's, it's John Mayer all day. And so, see, for him, for someone like C, it's like, why, why is it that, like, you know, I keep hearing that, uh, you, I, you know, I keep seeing white supremacist type, Uh, behavior, but no one's admitting to it. I
0: I think what we're circling around is what does it mean to be Asian, and then there are multiple definitions, right? There's, what I'm hearing a little bit in this conversation is sort of, you know, the Asian that really can't be taken away by anyone, even if you're stranded on a desert island with no community, right? Like, being Asian is the lived experience. You live it every day. No one can take that away from you. And... No, and that's too reductive. I don't think that's too reductive. I think, but I think it's a portion of it. An Asian but, person stuck on an hold island hold who on. cares? But, You're just trying to survive. But, like, it's a social. It's a social. I do thing. think like community participation is a real thing, and to say that partnership has no effect on that is also really reductive.
4: Okay, so can somebody I, talk I me through push, the psychology of this? Um, this is what I'm going back to when I when I'm talking about you know how I can't reconcile. Uh, what it means to have uh an inclusive exclusive relationship All right uh so when we're talking about you know uh the community then right and we see uh and we see asian women partnered with say asian men right um to an asian man who is not partnered with this woman isn't he just as excluded i i don't i don't know how Wait, to
3: so, sorry can you can you say that one more time uh
4: like like uh like oxford's comment about uh like these uh, nominally uh asian asian american spaces right that um uh, you see a prevalence of asian women with white male partners and then this that breeds a sense that you know asian men are not welcome in those spaces right Would these asian men asian women who if they had been partnered with asian men um you know, uh, say a, a random Asian man coming into this space, he's still technically excluded from that relationship. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know the psychology of this.
2: Oh, no, I don't mean like excluded from their relationship. And I, I think this is the difference. Uh, it, it's really not about their relationship. Uh, it, it's really about the kind of it's just the kind of the environment and the and the culture it creates. Because it does. I mean, you just like for example, inza- for instance, there is this part where. Sha uh, l talks about how it would be politically safer to be with an Asian man as opposed to like a white man or or like a black or latino man and i mean, that's certainly true in certain spaces, especially like enclaves and stuff but it's pretty obvious there are certain uh areas, especially kind of like very white dominated uh cultural industries, in which no it is not like politically safe to be. If you're an Asian woman and you are seen to be choosing an Asian man, that does label you as this kind of like. You're too relegated. Asian. Uh, yeah, you're kind of like socially irrelevant. So that, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Where, when you see in these, uh, feel or fields or spaces where, um, the, the kind of expect, expectation is that you, you don't be with an Asian man, then you go there. Yeah, you can physically be there and. It's just about that environment that creates... I
0: also will say that detail was very telling, right? This idea that it's like, okay, I don't want to fetishize black men. I'll go for Asian men. Like, it suggests that there just is not much theory that unites two yellow bodies. So it wasn't something... It wasn't a a pull, necessarily, of an Asian man. It was a push away from black, right? And uh, two yellow people uh, in a white society is just simply not valorized, right? And it was so so we have to sort of, you know, default to these trite things like it was safe or, it, you know, it was parent friendly or something like that. Right. And, uh, you know, it really gets back to this void of like we have very few things uniting like, uh, you know, we have few frameworks to really valorize our experiences as two yellow bodies.
2: Yeah, cause, but throughout the whole podcast, she does say that uh Asian guys were kind of her second choice, but they don't spend a lot of time on that. And she goes from, they, the podcast goes from her with white men, then she's like kissing some black guy under the Eiffel Tower. And I honestly thought that she would end up with like a woke white guy. That's the ending I fully expected. Uh, so I was a little surprised when she ended up with an Asian guy. But again, he's like Uh, right at the end and he's kind of like really vanilla he he doesn't seem that racially woke he just said well aren't racial preferences okay and that's how it ends so yeah there's really not that much time spent on
3: like yellow love can i ask you guys a question what what's your what is your reaction to this very interesting detail in to me anyway in the pod that this actually was all kicked off by reddit harassment I, i felt very weird about that she she the she basically said uh, that there was some guy that was like presumably an Asian guy that was basically like hounding her and and DMing her and like just following her everywhere calling her like you know a sellout and a loo and all this stuff just just harassing her basically on Reddit and then she ba- it it basically worked what what what's what's your take on that I I, I still don't know how to feel what about it was the that. Natalie um, Tran
0: thing right like you know essentially like the her i mean and that's the thing is that it's it's saying that uh well first of all i totally believe that that totally happens i've seen it you've seen it what i don't i don't really understand like be like being incredulous to this like uh oh no i've not
3: i'm actually not i have not seen it before um this was the first time i was like wait you actually listened to someone on the internet oh, oh the who was listening yeah this? yeah yeah yeah
0: i mean isn't that what ha- is yeah. that what happened in ally tran
3: yeah but she didn't listen to anybody she was just like oh I'll, 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 I'll try and feel a measure of pity for these people. Well, it sent her
0: down a rabbit hole where she could do some soul searching.
3: It wasn't like, oh, yeah. I, I, well, well, she could do some video making, you know, but I'm saying like this, she actually ended up saying, I'm not going to date white guys anymore. And then ends up, you know, like, it. she actually, it literally got to her. And I'm, I'm, I don't know what to make of that because I just find it, I don't know. The, the, that was the weird part of Elle that I
0: didn't, you know,
3: I didn't understand, was like, why was she even taking the abuse?
0: It wasn't, it wasn't the, it was the underlying grievance. It wasn't their language, right? Like, Asian guys often do have really coarse, unuseful language around it, right? And they, you know, they sort of, there's a cathartic form of of misogyny. I get it. I get it. But they have a real grievance. And I think they actually listen to, instead of the language and the trolling and the abuse, the underlying grievance.
4: I mean, this is, I, it, it, this supports the, like you said earlier, she seems very Asian-identified, right? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this means that she values, you, you know, uh, Asian opinion. Maybe not, maybe, I don't know if that means she values it more or less than, say, any other color's opinion, but it means it matters, and there's a particular resonance to it um, that she can identify the validity of.
3: Yeah, I think she's a pretty typical you know, upper-middle-class-type Chinese-American millennial, you know, and she's, like, happy that her new Chinese boyfriend probably gets more play at home with the parents. Uh, you know, and she said that he speaks Chinese better than her. And
4: Yeah, her, I mean, I don't know how to speculate on her background. I think uh, uh, Yo Wei uh, pointed... She was a single... Raised by a single mom. Uh, I'm not sure if she talked about the... Uh, how specifics of the in other words i'm not really sure how upbringing can play into to this particular one and I, i'd hesitate to apply like class dynamics to this for that reason
3: i find l to be a pretty typical example of of the 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 mind and politics of asian american women especially of a certain um educational attainment sure, i
4: mean we know she went to college we know she's situated yeah. to move in those circles uh, that prime people to yeah, exactly to, you know for these kinds of politics.
3: She was going on dates in Paris. She was going on dates in Paris. Yeah. Like let's put it that way. Like oh yeah, I was yeah. curious. How did she so. end up in Paris? But she's probably study abroad or something. That's yeah. why
4: the the podcast
2: works. right? even see uh, you know most you know Asian guys aren't going to become white supremacists, but you know his story uh, of you know the sister. You know a lot of us know a friend or even if we just go on like the internet, see a YouTube video where that sentiment is is made. Um, yeah, this was done with very relatable people, and I I think that's why we all enjoyed the podcast so much.
1: What makes me feel like she's not just a white girl is that she actually, it did affect her, right? If it was a white girl being harassed by some Asian troll, she would just get defensive and be like, fuck you. At best, she would make a Natalie Tran video that was just like, what's wrong with these guys? But she actually took the time and fucking examined herself.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah and then I, I, I was i was in the i was in the asian identity thread and there were some people saying uh you know she like i'll oh, come back to me when she like decolonizes her desire and they're like some people responding like, oh that's that's basically what she did like did you even <laughs> watch or or listen to the end so uh, yeah i mean she did um yeah she was like i think
3: tradition like in the past it, it would just stop at why am i like this don't, and then question that's that question for you oxford Do you think that she decolonized her desire just because she found herself a nice Chinese boy and Uh, you know like does that is that is that the answer is that a good is that okay okay you're good now well I don't want to
2: make a contention on who she ended up with like as I said I I fully expected her to end up with a woke white guy and and even if that happened I would have said predictable but I would have still uh, like the podcast a lot because she went through that process
3: i still th- i still think she will end up with a woke white i mean guy,
2: then but, uh. I, I think so be it because you know like personally like mm. I, I don't care you know like, as we said we don't care about her mm. as an individual in the end just like one little drop in the poc- uh in the bucket but um yeah i mean the overall thing is I, what i want these discussions to really happen is not for people to suddenly do a 180 in their habits like some people are just at this point you know maybe too old too set in their ways to change and you know what so be it it's that we we got to at least be honest so that a people like c don't blame themselves because that that's what will happen if you don't talk about it because the only other explanation is you know white supremacy you are yeah. you suck you are genetically inferior yeah and b let's stop uh falsely celebrating these like winners of an unfair system it's like yeah l be with whoever you want just don't turn your life into like a lifetime movie about post-racial love. Like, don't do that shit. That, that's, I think that's what I want to see happen with these dialogues. I don't really care who she ends up with. I hope she
3: ends up with whoever she wants. Love is hard enough as it is. But but I guess, no, I agree with you. But I'm wondering, do you think that this podcast was actually sort of wrapping too... F- I mean, this is my problem with the podcast was it kind of wrapped too friendly a bow on it by saying... I mean, because I mean, Invisibilia is all about... It's a, it's a science podcast, really, about ne- neurobiology, but... So they framed it maybe necessarily in order for Yo-Wei to even do the story as, you know, is, is um, sexual desire hard-coded in the, nerves, in, the, in the nervous system and can you overcome that? And now that she feels half a spark of desire, she's, you know, this guy's half as exciting as the white guy, that, you know, hey, we're on our way towards overcoming our neurobiology. Okay, that's the framework. I, I, there's something about that framing that I just don't find That I always thought that this story was not paired well with that framework because they, you know, they're talking about like rats and how they copulate with (laughs) (laughs) leashes. I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with that? I like
4: that story. I liked her attempt to kind of bring research into this. I feel like um, she may not have picked the correct uh, or the most illuminating uh, research for the question on the
3: table. Well, she said there was like no research. Yeah. You know, and I trust her research yeah. skills. She's like, there's just no research I, about what it. I
4: know, and we... I think
3: at the end of the day, because of the, well, I guess because of the framing of Invisibilia and what it's about, they had to kind of conclude to say, well, look, ultimately she was able to find some sort of desire with a non-white man. So there you go. You can There is neuroplasticity Yeah, after I did all, feel like it was right? forced. That's
0: the,
4: well, I felt like it was a yeah, stretch. I, it was forced into I that I felt framework. like it was a stretch. Quite honestly, I I really did. Uh, I for did too. one thing, it's not yeah. like I know that's the conclusion we're supposed to come to as a result of, uh, you know, after the pod. I think it's a bit of a stretch. Um, for one thing, Elle knows she's doing a podcast, right? Uh, for, so it's not exactly a pure experiment. For another... Um, I mean, we're, we're complex creatures, right? Can you will yourself to change uh, something like, like sexual desire? Right. This is essentially what's what's going on. It's not really it's it's not really something being done to her. It's something she's trying to do to herself. And I think we have a huge capacity uh, to both change ourselves and to delude ourselves as to how much we've actually changed. Yeah, like, I feel like yeah, I, uh, the point- I feel like this every time I go on a freaking diet. Like, yeah, I fucking love kale. Sweet potatoes are the shit. Uh, three days later, it's like, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck everything. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the world. I
2: only like kale if
4: it's yeah. on pizza. No, but to me, to yeah. me the yeah. point
1: was that, like, uh, so the, the two arguments that a lot of women will say is like, oh, like, uh, preference is hardwired. I can't possibly change it. Or they'll blame Asian men for why they don't like them. And I feel like it's progress, and it's really refreshing to hear this woman saying like, oh, I I think I can change. And there's like some specious, you know, like academic evidence to back this up. And also it's totally not putting the blame on like the Asian patriarchy or like my shitty Asian dad or whatever. It's like saying like, this is, this is on me. This is in me. And it's probably the result of, you know, the history of like white people oppressing asians in like various ways
2: yeah i actually yeah. think the That's more pertinent point. question is not can you change i think it's i think it's definitely true i think i don't uh, i've always said i don't think asian like young asian boys and young asian girls i don't think they're that different i think if you pulled a bunch of asian boys at a young age like do you what like which like girls the prettiest in the class they'll probably say white girls and i was kind of like that when i was younger so and i'm no longer like that i think the question is uh, should you change? Like, do you have the privilege of not changing? And and I think that's what we talked about with Elle's, uh, privilege. In that, if she wanted to, she could get as like a Asian woman. I'm I'm gonna assume that she's relatively attractive. She probably has her pick. Like, she can choose to exclude people, uh, and choose to include them whenever she wants. And I just want to read this very telling tweet. Um, somebody responded to um, Invisibilia's uh, a tweet of this podcast, and this is someone named DG Journal. I think she's a South Asian woman. Um, and she says, Yoe Shaw, that, this was so good and so real. On the flip side, most of my Asian American girlfriends are with white dudes. So when a white dude isn't into me, I feel like the wrong type of Asian. Anyway, it's nuanced and crazy. And you captured a piece of it. And then, uh, somebody responds to, I think another South Asian woman saying, Oh, do you mean South Asian? Yeah, we don't seem to get that, like, attention from white men. And then DG responds, it could be a part of it. It could be personality. It could be anything. And just what the exchange told me was that she seems to kind of, like, regret not getting that attention. And it seems like if she did get it and if other, uh, people of color, white attention, yeah, whether it's like, uh, South Asian women or East Asian guys or, or black women, black men, whatever, all PLC. I think if we did get that attention, we would behave pretty similarly to, I think, L or, or other, you know, like, yellow Asian women. So, I think the question is, can we change? Uh, I think we all can. I think, um, you look at other POC who greatly prefer other POC. I think a lot of that is from a lifetime of kind of feeling excluded and then learning to see worth in themselves. So I think the real question is, uh, should you change? Um, yeah, I think that's the real question.
3: Wait, wait, what, what why do you make that ass- your, your assumption is that if, if a woman of color gets attention from white men, or a man of color, or, pref- or a man of color gets attention from white women. That they would probably prefer white. I think there it would be a much like
2: much bigger percentage than what we see
3: now. Okay. I mean that, that's just probably. what I think. I think that's I think that's path, I think that's pathological. But yes, I, <laughs> I, I think that's probably true.
0: Yeah, we live in a pathological
2: yes. society, right? So uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, and also a, th- a third, perhaps, sub question is not only can we change, not only should we change if we want to be good white liberals, but also you know is uh, is it worth it? Right. And I think that that was sort of my underlying fear while listening The particularly toward the end where she's like two years, you know, two years without feeling a thing. And she's like, yeah. And I, I, I worry a little bit about choosing someone who who is very representative, I think, on many margins. But I, th- I thought it was like a little extreme where, it, you know, it's like two years, all these encounters, just nothing. And people hearing that and be like, you know what, even if I want to be a good liberal I, this is just it's too costly
2: yeah in my opinion is if you're that hardwired at that point where like two years you you're like you can't feel anything then you know like just just go do what you want to do as I said just don't blame uh you know Asian guys or whoever is like on the losing end of, of that of that uh deal and you know don't don't uphold yourself as some kind of shining example you, you're just two individuals who happen to get together um and the way society works kind of gives power to you to choose. And you took advantage of it? Okay. I probably would have too. If I were in your position, just, you know, don't be a shitty person about it.
3: Uh, yeah, I suppose, but at the end of the day, it's also like I I just it's it's kind of a shitty thing to do. Uh, so I I don't know what it means to be like, yeah, go ahead and be a shitty person, just don't be a shitty person about it. <laughs> but uh, like what okay, does that okay, mean? Okay, the other end
2: is if you if you're not, okay, here's the other end. If you're not A shitty person you actually say fuck you to all that then let's celebrate you but right now we can't do that right like like, that's why i think yellow love is such a dangerous idea because uh, the the implicit idea behind celebrating yellow love is that there might be something wrong with yellow white
3: love right I, i i actually completely 100 take the opposite view here if you're gonna do it just be john mayer and say that you have a david duke pussy and you're like, no, that's what like, i'm saying like don't, don't just say it don't like present yourself say as a
2: uh, as some
3: like post-racial progressive hero no but, but 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 i'm saying like when you say like don't be a shitty person about it that's when they start be you know that's when they're this desire to you know package and contain all of the race you know the racially fucked up shit inside of you as somehow consistent with a liberal politics oh okay okay i get politics. it yeah whereas i'm like i kind of wish that people would just be like look I grew up with a lot of white dudes. I pretty much only into white dudes. I I'm down with like non-white people, but basically my pussy is is KKK. I got a KKK pussy. Like what <laughs> ra- I I know no one will ever say that, but I'm just like just fucking say it. John Mayer said it, you know? And yeah, he got a lot of flack for it, but he told the truth. And now we know who John Mayer is, you know? We know what he's about. Um, I think it's this desire to contextualize everything and in a way say like, well, look, I live within a structure and the structure told me that, you know, the structure bent me to its will and now I can't control who I fuck. I'm like, shut the fuck up. No, it's not, yes, you can. You it's can not totally just control that. who it, you I think fuck, that's you know? the that
0: idea that, um, you know, a lot of people of color have become parrots of white people. When white, when white progressives say, yeah, like, I really feel like, you know, just dating white is racist. They went... Like the false equivalence of them saying that the, that exact same phrase is never examined, mm-hmm. and so you, I've heard mm-hmm. I've heard people calling yeah. saying like, "Oh, well, you know, just dating your own race isn't that kind of racist," and that's just preposterous, right? It's a completely yeah, different uh, thing. Yeah, yeah.
3: Teen. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I don't. Th- also, don't. I also don't think white people only dating white people is that teen, racist. Okay, okay, you yeah, say. Yeah, actually, I don't um, really have.
1: You uh, say that you want somebody to just be honest about it, but like, so that's what Celeste Ng did, right? She said, "Oh, I'm not super attracted to Asian men." She just said it, but like that pissed you off, isn't that?
0: Yeah, Tina, I don't. I don't believe you one bit.
3: No, but I'm glad she's. You know, here's the thing. I am glad she said it because it was revealing. I'm not saying I'm going to be happy about it. I'm saying that I felt in a in a weird way that that Cel- that Celeste Ang tweet pushed things along. It made it clear who she was and what she's about. Now I I I I, I think like it's good pointing out that like before you start talking about it, you got to understand how deeply racist the shit you're thinking actually is, right? But what I hate is when it's like hidden, like we can't get to that conflict. So I guess what I'm saying is I like conflict. I think conflict is good is because it brings out the truth of the matter. So I'm not conflict avoidant. So when I say I'm happy about it, I'm not saying like I'm going to be like, oh, okay, that's fine. I'm just – I'm no, that's going to start a conflict just like when John Mayer said what he said. It started a conflict. I think it's better
0: than hiding it.
3: But I'm glad he was honest about it because at least now he is a known quantity. He's known for what he actually is. That's my point. I'm not saying I'm going to like John Mayer or Celeste Dang. I'm just oh, okay. saying at least okay. it's known. Got it. You know, I think, I think with, I think with L, I think there was a lot of, you know, that was a lot of, um, I mean, L clearly is not as problematic in the sense, but like, I, I just think that there was, it started out with this need to maintain this image of herself. She's like, I'm not racist. I'm not, you know, I look in, I really look at myself as someone who's not racist even though I behave totally racist. And the, the, the most remarkable thing about Elle was that she was able to see that, that – that imba- and I'll stop talking soon because uh, this, this is my final thought on the matter – is that the thing about Elle that I like, – again, I, I, I like the fact that she was aware of the discrepancy between her self-professed politics and her behavior – And I think that at the end of the day, what she said is, I want to bring my behavior more in line with my politics, which she did in the end by trying to bang black dudes, not really feeling it, and then kind of settling in between with an Asian dude. Okay, I think that what I'd rather see is instead of saying, I'm going to make my behavior more similar to my correct politics, is question your politics in the first place. And I just don't think that there was enough recognition of how And the next step I would like to see is like to say, my form of liberalism is bullshit. My view of race is bullshit. And I need to rethink my politics, not change my behavior, per se. I think that that's that's where I came out on this. Just like, you know, I still don't think else politics really means that much. And I think someone like C, I think, would have... Is, is much further along to me in perceiving the truth of, like, how white supremacy works and what it is because of the, you know, and I, I don't think he's out there trying to change his behavior as to who he's trying to date or whatever. You know, he's, he's just like, you know, I went fucking insane from this stuff, uh, and now I have to rethink how the world is really shaped. So.
0: I, one thing I will give credit to Elle is, you know, I, I will give her credit to the sort of blanket rule. No, I'm not dating white. The blanket rule. And, you know, people will say, oh, well, that that is so that's so narrow-minded. Why not, you know, sort of disaggregate your preferences away from racial stuff? So it's like I've seen a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, if I could find a sensitive guy or a, a guy who's, like, into, you know, art or whatever. And I think one thing that's good to mention, and, you know, the pod gets into this a little bit, is that these things are racially bounded, right? So, for instance, in the 90s where, you know, like sort of the the – the, you know, the soft beta male uh, was sort of valorized as a foil against the traditionally masculine white man, only white guys were allowed to be that, right? Because if you are an Asian man and you inhabit those traits, you are just the stereotype that society thinks you are, right? And I mean, you see this all the time in tech where, you know, like white techies say, well, you know, we would hire black people if they just had these characteristics, but th- those characteristics are racially bound, right? Right. And so sometimes you just need rules to choose ourselves.
2: Yeah, I mean it was a pretty uh, you know, clear red line she she drew down. It was uh. Yeah, not many people do that. Yeah.
4: So here's my question. So given, you know, C and L, um I would I would have liked to hear a lot more from C. I don't think his uh, uh like he kind of gets dropped in um, but bounced pretty quickly. Um So it's kind of up to the listener to kind of draw any any lines between C and L. Uh, At by the end of the episode, given where it ends with L, um, are C and L reconciled to stand in as as you know archetypes for uh, you know Asian men and Asian women navigating this discourse? Part of me
3: I don't think they're reconciled at all. I think they're going to have very different
0: politics. There's still all these structural issues. Like, they would never hang out in real life. There's still all these structural issues, like, dividing them.
4: Yeah, I don't... Aside from even the structural, I think they're, there's nothing linking the two of them. Like, they're fundamentally from different communities, it feels like to me.
3: I, I agree with that.
4: Um. So... Uh, and,
3: uh, totally agree. That's my problem. And this is it's not
4: like, on this is not on NPR or Real Way or, or anyone because uh, I don't think the pod was intending to to get into that. Uh, but if uh, but C's presence. I want to know who
3: suffered more. Who suffered more from white supremacy and structural white hierarchy? You know, I L don't think C. that's a useful
0: framework, Teen. Because it's Why? a victimization Olympics. We've been through this.
3: No, I want to know. I want to know who has more direct effect. You know, saying it's oppression Olympics or whatever doesn't mean shit to me. I want to know who who has a more direct experience and a more direct, like, you know, is more directly affected in a seriously negative way
0: from white supremacy. I I understand where you're going, but you can't. So Asian men constantly say, well, fuck oppression Olympics, because when Asian American women say we earn 80 cents on the dollar and there are all these things compared to Asian men. Uh. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not speaking in the
3: role of you know Asian men. I'm speaking. I'm asking. The okay. Question. Okay.
0: Specifically in this one instance, not as stand-ins for who th- yes. their demographics. Yeah. Totally. See. Totally.
3: There you go. Why is that so hard to? Explain? Because we <laughs> it's were talking answer.
0: about them as stand-ins. <laughs> it's self-evident. We were talking about them as stand-ins, teen.
3: Well, if 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 well, you thought I was talking about stand-ins, but to the extent that someone has those experiences, no, just had framed it, as, and I'm not saying
0: as stand-in.
3: I'm not saying. Uh, no, I'm saying that a lot of people online, a lot of men have talked, Asian men have talked about their experiences with white supremacy through the experiences that C had. And a lot of Asian women talk about uh, white privilege and stuff through the lens of what Elle is talking about. And I think that in a way, both of those experiences are, are, are sort of extreme archetypes or maybe not so extreme archetypes in the case of L. Uh, about of, of how Asian American men and women Sort of exist within this white framework And I think Between the two I think between C and between L And I'm not saying that they're representative Of all Asian men or all Asian women I think L is pretty unique to class Maybe to her particular uh, You know what I, Is she Chinese American? Maybe to East Asians But And I don't know what C is at all But I'm saying between those two Experiences, I think clearly, C is suffering more, you know. And I and I still think that we have a, a society where L's experience is way more interesting to us, uh, and way you know dev- we, we want to devote an entire podcast to her. Whereas with C, we don't give a shit. And I think that that was why, you know, we were motivated to tackle the issue, you know, Ox- Oxford's article in the very beginning and stuff about, uh the allure of white reactionary politics for Asian guys. Because that was just not being talked about. Nobody well, I mean, really gave a shit about th- that, it.
4: That goes without saying. One is a young, attractive, presumably, Asian woman with the time, money, inclination, and ability to bang the rainbow. Um, so, yeah, it's a salacious what? topic. So, yes, that's that's absolutely it. Um, I guess, okay, I want to bring in that uh, that New York Times op-ed. By Christopher Rivas. Uh, I think it dropped last week or the week before? Oh, uh, last week, yeah. Last week, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I guess uh, the f- as far as uh, this Invisibilia podcast goes, uh, the way it seems positioned is that uh, C's pain uh, is directly linked to L's actions or inclinations the shape of her desire has excluded uh, and we're talking archetypes of course uh her, the shape of, the, the nature of her desire and inclination um has excluded c um so by the end of that by her kind of coming back around and finding uh finding some amount of fulfilled love with an asian man you're kind of left to think that uh c and l are hereby reconciled which is to me very reductive and uh yeah, and kind of agreed falls into kind of falls into a uh pretty underexamined despite uh feminism uh despite feminism doing a lot of work on this uh like overvaluation of like a woman's sexual access as like as like yeah. fundamental there's
3: a lot of that going on in these con- in these conversations yeah, yeah. It's about it boils down to do I have access to L? Yeah. Sexually. Yeah. Like that's a weird question. And it's
4: and you know her, yeah. her, her she found love with a yellow man and you're kind of left to conclude okay then you know C's g- pain is now healed. Right? Um Yeah,
3: she's she's acting like the bachelorette here and, and everyone's <laughs> supposed to be captivated by her sexual choices. Yeah. I don't give a shit. And it's
4: a, it's highly illiberal to me to to come to the, to uh to totally. shape it in that direction. Um
3: it's fucking reaction it's fascist. It's fucking weird. Um, if you were if you were to make this a TV show, it'd be fucking bizarre. Yeah.
4: Uh it's it's pretty weird. It's it's kinda auctioning off uh, sexual acts. it's by saying like you know, women, you know, be more responsible with your vaginas, you know, uh hand it out responsibly.
0: They were they were really um, self conscious about that though. They were really self-conscious about that for a good reason. Yeah, for yeah. good
3: reason, but that didn't prevent them from t- from going totally. on that narrative. Totally, you can't you can't meta your way out of something. <laughs> You're still going in the same direction. You know what I mean? You
4: can fuck your way out of it, apparently. Um. Um, so, but bringing in bringing in the Chris uh, Rivas article from last week. Uh, so for for our listeners, yeah.
3: Where he said he's not dating white girls yeah. anymore or he broke up with his girlfriend I, it was because whole she's white. a Stream
4: of consciousness yeah. kind of thing where he's uh he he starts with a really uh kind of um it was hard to read. That whole thing about, you know, watching the yeah, Stream of consciousness is ready. very generous, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um he basically wrote this in the shower. He he wrote this you know he just dictated to Siri, basically.
3: Like a uh, dire entry ta- right before you fall asleep. Half halfway to spoken word poetry. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs>
4: Without the discipline. Um, but I mean, he it starts with a you know watching his dad get ready to go out, and he takes a lot of care in his appearance. And ultimately, he claims his dad was like, "Well, yeah, this is so that you know, on um, so we can be ready on the off chance a white moon selects us." And then he uses that as the jumping off point to talk about his own, uh, his own relationships and how he broke up with his last girlfriend because she was white. And that's literally it. He just says it because she's white. There's nothing else to it other than that, that we are led to believe at any rate. Um, I just kind of left that op-ed feeling really bad for whoever it is he's dating now or will be dating in the future. I don't quite know how to put my words to this, um, but between that op-ed and this this podcast here, the question I'm left with is 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 that enough? Like, is is this what we're talking about? This this cannot be enough. Uh,
3: no, it's totally. We're talking. Okay, so we're- the Ray, what what's Ray? You should ask Ray because Ray's saying that what we should do is have a don't date whites policy. It's it's not really anything else that really matters. It's do you act on it? You can think whatever the fuck you want, but you got to act on it, right? I mean, I think that's where Ray's coming from. So this guy acted on it. Is that enough? Uh, because Tria Chang, who wrote a similar article, didn't act on it. She was like, I just feel bad because everyone's looking at me weird. Because everywhere I look, it's just other WMAF couples, and I'm a WMAF couple. But I'm not like these ones. You know, I didn't come from a catalog. <laughs> so I think, you know, I so I think, like, you know, in a way, I feel really good for her Boyfriend or fiance, I mean they're rock solid, you know she's like we're rock solid with with rivas the you know yeah I agree i i would I would feel bad for any of his partners past or present um Ray, where do you stand on this? He acted on it is that the is that enough
0: i mean i have i i I have so many thoughts about this piece I mean I mean the first top of the line item is just the the idea that New York Times loves their you know confused tortured minorities right like Can you imagine the counterfactual of an Asian man or a Black woman who's just like, "I don't date white." Case closed. No, like they need their the acceptable minority. Yeah, they've got to really be wrangling
3: with it. They've got to be struggling with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't really struggle. Yeah, 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 exactly,
0: exactly. In fact,
4: I mean, I'm willing to overlook that because so much, insofar as if that is a psychological, like an inner reality for. Uh, a a sizable number then I'm willing to I'm willing to take it Uh, as tasteful as uh, the mechanism for delivery was right so assuming that people a lot of people are in various stages of that struggle that really ugly painful to read and very embarrassing to contemplate other people listening uh, as embarrassing as that is um, if there's truth to it then that has to be acknowledged as such too so, but the question of is it enough is uh, to go back to you know L's L's latest relationship with her Asian guy, uh, where she kind of admits to this entire process of not feeling legitimate, real desire, right for a long period of time, and now she kind of has this like halfway spark um, where she can kind of like you know psych herself up for this, um, and it's in line with her politics, so she she's feeling good about herself and this whole thing uh this is this is this might be a start and this might be a necessary part but to me this is not the full expression of humanized uh you know and to use your words valorized love
0: so where i thought it was really fascinating and we touched upon this is that he actually goes through it but he doesn't feel it which is fascinating and somewhat sad right because he can give all these reasons for why this group consensus exists we're relegated to a white ideal. We're, cro- we're programmed to love whiteness, colorism. But he doesn't really feel yeah, there was it. A, it was a Whereas- tragedy for him, right?
3: It, the whole thing took the form of sort of a tragedy. Like, I, I'm not permitted this love anymore because of all you fucking hoteps.
0: <laughs> right. And he sort of like, ro- he he, ro- he robotically sort of falls into the line with the group consensus. At the, at the same time, I think the contrast with Tria's article where she kind of feels a little bit more but doesn't actually go through it. Uh, actually, that is break Breakup with White Bay, is it tells us a lot about, um, you know, different people of color's relationship with both their own individuality and their group identity, right? Like, he goes through it because he falls in line. The group identity is super important, whereas I feel like Asian Americans are constantly relegated to this individualism when it con- comes to love, right? Like, we're constantly relegated to sort of like, oh, well, love is love, and it's really between two people, like fuck well, there's a lot more
1: age. theory on like non yellow love right there's so much theory on like black people getting being together, yeah, yeah
0: black is beautiful but also totally, to me it just totally. seems like
1: Chris is not that into that girl I
0: mean
4: we have a yellow is beautiful, but that's that's mostly a porn
2: thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a there's a really fascinating discussion um we all almost at two hours, so I think we should wrap up these discussions Uh, any last thoughts
1: well to me it just seems like um all the the discussion in the mainstream is from asian women you know like all four of these are narratives are asian women driven and i think that just goes to show how little representation there is for asian men to speak for themselves on these issues and there should be more of that because this like, I want to hear more of the C story. Like that's really, really interesting. And like, like, I think that, that sort of like representation, um, would, would push things forward as well. Like more so than like Asian women telling the stories of Asian men, like no matter how nuanced and, um, thoughtful they are trying to be.
0: Mm.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that it's starting to become clear. This this has been a really good conversation people like I it, it's really starting to make clear like where I stand relative to I think where the people who made these stories stand. I think that it's about what drives your desire. Is it is it um is it what you do? Is it like it, you know, do we need a policy of just like I don't date white or do we need to just take our desire into our own hands and try? Uh, or is it, you know, are your fundamental views, your political views, your social views on race and how you perceive the world this, and the society around you, especially in America, is that what drives it? And I think until your desire, it matches, like, the outcome of your desire, I think, tells you about your ideology. So if you're dating only white, I think you have to reexamine how you think about whiteness. I don't think what you do is you just like say, you know what, I I need to cold turkey. I'm not gonna for two years. I'm not gonna swipe left on or right on white or you know whatever. I think you got to really deeply examine how you think about you know about yourself and about society and your relationship to it. And uh, I I still think that everything I've seen so far has been just looking at the behavior and fixating particularly on romantic attachments. Um, as if that was an end in itself versus a, a symptom of of the of the fucked up ideologies that people a lot of Asians are holding out there about themselves and, and whiteness and race. So mm-hmm. what about you, Jess?
4: I think it's a, probably a good sign that I left that podcast wanting more. Um I think it was uh it was it was I liked how empathetic it was. and I think this is an example of uh of exactly what people talk about when they say uh the actual domain owners need to be telling these stories. Um so this is a this is a this was a creator who is herself involved in this particular racial romantic dynamic who took it upon herself to create a narrative that tried to illuminate a portion of that. And I think she handled it very she handled it she handled it well uh given the climate that she found herself in. Um, I, I think it was, uh, I mean, it was just, it was just an hour. So this is not a criticism of her or the pot or anything. Uh, there's just so many dimensions uh, that are touched upon. And I think the danger is in, uh, in taking this, you know, one hour podcast, kind of extrapolating it further than it should be extrapolated. Yeah, definitely. So the lines are loosely drawn, and but drawing it yourself and then running with it. I think there's a lot of Agreed. things that need to be examined further. Um, but that's, that's on people, you know, maybe people like us to kind of tease out those threads and analyze it endlessly for two, for over two hours. Uh, mm-hmm. so, um, so I just big thumbs up to Yo-Wave. Huge shout out to, uh, to L and to C. Uh, I think they were, they, I- it, it was a it was a very illuminating ride.
2: Yeah, round of applause. I, I'll throw in like a sound effect in there of <laughs> yeah, clapping yeah, do or it. cheering uh, because just five <laughs> of us won't be enough. Wait, <laughs> oh. Ray, Ray, did you did you already go? Uh, no, I'm uh, still here. It? No, I mean, uh, did you give your final thoughts?
0: You know, I, it would be probably a response to uh, uh, like the thought that Teen had just gave, and you know, she, she L's person, I think um and i know that we're we're in the confines of individualism here um but like they made it very clear that she could do what she could only do so much in the confines of uh like you know she only having certain levers but i thought it really interesting that one of the levers was not just hang out with more men of color right it was like it was like you know uh like i don't know i like Like, have a new media diet and X, Y, Z. Like, don't swipe left on white guys, but, like, not hang out. And I feel like that's such a huge structural deficit when it comes to people of color. Like, physical space, real relationships.
2: Yeah, and that's why people get too obsessed with, like, media rep and uh, everything becomes about who gets cast in the next, you know, uh, Avengers 12 or whatever. Um,
4: Yeah, that's actually a really good point kind of kind of goes to like this overvaluing of sexual access particularly yeah. as it pertains to it. so that could be like a dimension of her internalizing it
3: yeah. upon
4: herself like i just need to fuck men of color if i really you know this this is just the thing that just it's just, it's to, just treating it's treating the inact.
3: symptom not addressing the cause
4: right and this is a thing you see on both sides there are people who will say you know extreme examples on one side who will say um you know an asian woman is automatically, you know, outside the community, a trader or sellout, whatever, unless she is, you know, sexually available to an Asian man. Like any other contribution she's yeah, making is sure. negated almost yep. by that fact. Um, so this nature of like, what does solidarity, what does affiliation with the community mean? Like, how does that manifest? I think that mm-hmm. needs to be a mm-hmm. question that's more carefully considered. We talk about, you know, we need to stick together, you know, build a community. Like, we don't actually have the language to talk about would we even recognize someone in that community well at i think this that's point? why
3: with 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 Yo-way being you know saying herself look i'm a asian woman with a white partner you know i don't think that's dispositive of anything other than she might have special insight into this but she did this pod she went through with it she put up with a ton of fucking bullshit harassment to get it done it doesn't all that speaks to me way more loudly than the race of her partner you know so anyway
2: yeah, and, and, and with regards to sexuality, I think it affects Asians so much because we're so defined either by, like, excess sex, as in uh, you you search Asian and, like, Google Images, and, and uh, the, the first things that come up are, like, porn porn images and stuff. If you go on Reddit, search Asian, all the biggest subs are all porn-related. And conversely, when you think of the most uh, popular stereotypes, like the small dick stereotype, very sexual stereotype. So I think, yeah, Asians do have this obsession with defining ourselves by like our ability to have sex or inability. Yeah,
3: totally true.
2: Yeah, and then that's yeah. What, that's for another pod, I think. But yeah, gr- a great talk. This was this was a long, long one, but we're so glad that this podcast came out. Um, I'm Yoe, she talked to a lot of people, including Jess and me. So we are very proud to be a part of it. And yeah, so join us next week for another episode of Escape from Plan A. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Hey everyone, this was the latest Escape from Plan A episode. If you like us, as we said earlier, please go rate us a lot of stars, write a lot of reviews for us. Go, um, go read our articles at planamag.com. And if you want to send us any feedback, go to editor@planamag@gmail.com. at gmail.com. All right, until next week, everyone.